The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came upon and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house they saw the child with his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. So I don't claim to be a poet, but I wrote a little poem here based on the first reading. It's not a whole poem, just a stanza. The orb burdened by darkness and cloud. Lo, seeking hearts, his glorious light will shroud. Lift thy gaze and peer into the lowly gate. In poorest dwelling, untold crown and jewel for thee await. That's my homily for today. So let's look at each one of those verses. You may have noticed, and as we unfold it, you'll see there are a lot of paradoxes here. We have, the first reading really highlighted these things of darkness and light. And even that second verse I had, that the glorious light will shroud. Like, that doesn't make sense. That we have to lift our gaze and then lower ourselves to enter. And in the poorest place, we'll find the richest treasure. The orb burdened by darkness and cloud. So not to beat a dead horse, but we're going to beat him anyway. Let's just say it again. Darkness, cloud. 2020. The pandemic, the election, whatever else you want to add to that list. You know, really, no matter where one stands on issues or platforms, I think all across the board, there's uneasiness, there's fear, there's anger, maybe some of you even feel enraged, hopeless, what's going on, when will this end, need I go on, <laughs> it's, it's hard. On top of that, we have this growing secularism. Now, secularism is something we've heard, the secular culture. 
Well, basically, if we want to kind of underline what that basically is, it's really the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, I'm not saying let's point to one person. There he is. Actually, on the morning mass of the 31st of December, John was talking about the Antichrist and many Antichrists that will come as opposed to the Christ. So there's this spirit, a secular spirit. The evil one, what is the secular spirit? Is the seculum in Latin means the generation, this time. Basically, it's the lie that the only thing that is, is right now. That's it. This life, nothing else. So, you can either have as your motto, maybe what we saw a few weeks ago, Gaudete Sunday, of Christ's spirit, live fully alive today in hope of things to come. Live fully alive today in hope of things to come. Both things, the present and the things to come. But the motto of the secular spirit really is, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. So yeah, yeah, let's go party. As if the only thing that mattered was right now. So let's take advantage. But the flip side of that is actually sometimes what we see of living in total fear. What if I lose this present moment? So then we cling to it. But it's the same type of spirit that drives us. And it's present in all of our lives, right? There's, there's this battleground of each one of our hearts. We can kind of point to the culture and see it. But the battle's fought in each person. When we look inside also, there's this, we're just going to dwell in this darkness for a while. Don't worry, we'll get to the light part. You look inside and you see your own struggles, even after Christmas. Like, I went to confession before Christmas and still the same thing. Like, when will this end? When will it go away? When will I stop struggling with this? There I went again, saying what I didn't mean to say, doing what I didn't mean to do. Darkness burdens the world. Clouds are thick. We heard in the first reading, the clouds are thick over the earth. But listen to the next verse. Lo, seeking hearts, his glorious light will shroud. So we have this shroud of darkness, but then the light comes. But I I purposely put that word in, shroud, also because it rhymes with cloud. But it's because there's there's this paradox. Right in your darkness, the light will shine. I want to focus on two things. The first is accented by a song by 10th Avenue North, a Christian band called Healing Begins. And just one line says, When you come to where you're broken within, the light meets the dark. So you don't have to find, let me find my place of light and then meet the light. No, right, come to where you're broken within, and right there, the light meets your dark. So that's the first thing, that we're shrouded, and this will get to the second part, why am I using that word shrouded? By God's light, right where we're dark. Obviously it implies conversion, but that's part of the conversion. I turn my darkness over to you, the light. Come to me. Now, the light, the glory, the glory of God manifest, the epiphany, God manifesting himself. The word for glory in Hebrew is kavod. So I like throwing these things out. So after Mass, again, we can test you and see if you were paying attention. But you don't have to wear this word. Kavod. It's the word that can also mean liver, but we won't talk about our liver today. We'll talk about kavod. Like the, There's actually a sense of weightiness. When Paul, later in his letter, will talk about the lightness of our affliction is nothing compared to the weight of glory. 
But you think he'd say the opposite. The weight of our affliction is nothing compared to the light of glory. He says the opposite. The lightness of our affliction is nothing compared to the weight of glory. So what does that mean, the weight of glory? I think first it gives us true groundedness. We're fully where we should be. But when the the presence of the Lord came over the temple was the Shekinah, that it was this cloud, the cloud that came upon the temple. And you think, well, that's strange. Why wouldn't you just come with this burst of thundering light? Well, a priest friend of mine shared this with me. He was studying scripture and he said, one image that can help understand the kavod as this shroud that enables us to see the glory is we've all seen this in the sky we see a cloud in front of the sun and you see the silver lining. There's a silver lining behind every cloud. Well, what created the silver lining? It was precisely the cloud covering the sun, covering the light, covering, you'd say, the source of all goodness. Right in front, because of that, His glory shines. So that's the same thing. Go to where you're broken within, the light meets the dark. And God will transform it, but you'll actually see Splendor, newness, life come from that place. You will be shrouded in light. You will be covered, clothed in light. So yes, darkness covers the earth. But the light is more powerful. And he can work in and through that and transform it into something new. So the third verse, Therefore lift thy gaze and peer into the lowly gate. Raise your eyes. Don't have shameful looking down upon yourself, especially if you struggle and fall. And you look at yourself, I'm so unworthy, I'm so bad, I'm so whatever. That's not the Holy Spirit speaking. He calls, hey, lift up your gaze. Look at me. I'm your Savior. Or not having judgmental sneers at people like, oh, I would never do that. I mean, we all could be judgmental. We, we think we know the mind of the person, exactly why they did something. But we don't. That's why it says don't judge people. We don't know their whole story. We can obviously see actions. Okay, that wasn't a good action. But don't judge that person because we don't know their whole story. What darkness they bear within. We pray for them, obviously. We can educate people when it's the, the time to challenge them. But don't let all of that weigh us down. But lift your gaze. And then peer into the lowly gate. And here's something interesting. Now, we have to go. I just want to kind of refer back to what we said about the darkness. So, you know, politics, it's a mess. You can just think of someone right now, a politician. You pick one. Okay, you don't have to say it out loud. Okay, whoever that is in your mind, like, yeah. Don't they know what they're doing? Well, if I was president, or if I was congressman, or if I was judge, or what I, whatever, whoever you're thinking of, King Herod, here's a politician for you. We just heard about him. But you know what? As evil as he was, and he was evil, I mean, he wound up massacring all baby boys two and under, and he deceives these, he's trying to deceive the Magi, but he gives the path, even through evil lips, he actually reveals the path. What does he say? Go and search diligently for the child. Now, he didn't mean it to go worship him. He said that, but that's not what he meant. But he actually gave the path. What do I need to do? Go and search diligently for the child. Lift thy gaze. Go 
and peer into the lowly gate. And what happens when you do that? In poorest dwelling, our fourth verse, untold crown and jewel for thee await. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, we heard in the gospel, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler, his to shepherd my people Israel. Untold crown and jewel for thee await him. They saw the star, the sign, beautiful things around us, that they were overjoyed by the sign. And then, they got more than the cherry on top, they lowered themselves, entered into this humble dwelling, and they saw and adored and worshipped and gave of themselves. There were hidden riches, things they didn't even imagine, things more valuable than their gold and their frankincense and their myrrh. Gifts coming from unlikely places for the Christ child through camels. I don't know how often camels were in the middle in Israel. But this splendid sight of camels even lowering themselves so the wise men could get off to go in and meet the Christ child. And so I want to invite us finally, just when we're entering into that place, to kind of connect it back with what we said at the beginning. What is your Bethlehem? Your humble place? Your shabby, unkempt, smelly, dank place? Like, ugh, I don't like talking about that. Well, that was the stable wasn't this wonderful, like, oh, this is sweet, cinnamon candles burning in the corner. No, it was a stable. It stunk. <laughs> I'm sure they did what they could to make it a little nicer, but that's kind of an image of our place where Christ is not afraid to be born there in you, that darkness within. Go to where you're broken within, and the light will meet the dark. And that's your gift. Your measly little heart. I say that to me too. My measly little heart. This little shriveled raisin of a heart sometimes, right? Like, he wants to fill you and make it new. So finally, rise up in splendor, Jerusalem, all of us, because your light has come. We unite ourselves with the Magi who, become, who come before the Lord bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, With trust in God's mercy, we offer our own gifts to him, and we pray. That the church, like the star of epiphany, will draw the world to worship Jesus Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. That those who hold public office will imitate the goodness of God, who secures justice and the rights of all, especially the oppressed. Let us pray to the Lord. For the strength of mind and heart to persevere in the Christian faith, and for all those who are suffering or being persecuted for their faith, let us pray to the Lord. For our parish community at St. Joseph's, that we all keep Jesus as the center of our lives, we pray to the Lord. May the Lord give us the grace to live in full fellowship with our brothers and sisters of other religions, praying for one another, entering to dialogue with them, with openness and charity towards all, let us pray to the Lord. And for the grace this week to surrender all selfish ways and follow the way who is Christ, we pray to the Lord. And for the faithful departed, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. Let us now join our prayers to those of the Blessed Mother as we sing.